This program is sponsored by Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts. Located on 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9, they can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommerce.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell them Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred hounds Cries of the banshee, terror of the wind go You also can't see if they just know where to go It's the creature And welcome to the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast, a podcast dedicated to all the monsters, mythology, ghosts and goblins, witches, and other things that go bumping at night, connected to the TV series Supernatural on the CW. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mel Heflin, his co-host. And tonight's episode is Hollywood Babylon, and Miss and Mel Heflin has the episode synopsis for us. Here we go. It was aired in 2007. The Winchesters go undercover as PAs on a haunted movie set after getting wind of reports of tag-teaming ghosts. The brothers deal with an asinine studio executive out to make a cheap marketing stunt, guest-starring Gary Cole, a disenfranchised screenwriter seeking revenge for unnecessary revisions to the formerly great script, Dean, fanboyish feelings for the leading lady. And this is one of my, well, God, the show's now been on for 13 seasons, so I always extend this a number a little bit. This is one of my top uh, 25 episodes of Supernatural. I love this one, too. <laughs> I like when uh, when Dean says, oh, PAs, I think they're kind of like slaves. <laughs> um, I think, no, no, I think, uh, no, Dean asks Sam if, uh, what are PAs, and then Sam says, I think they're kind of like slaves. Uh, I got it mixed up. <laughs> I think we both really like this episode because we have both worked on movie sets, you more than me, of course. Um, so everything that's portrayed in this episode is pretty fucking accurate. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, Those poor PAs. <laughs> my favorite part of this episode isn't until the very end where where, uh, um, where um, Dean fucks Elizabeth Whitmere's character. Mm-hmm. She plays uh, the... The 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 actress that Dean is swooning over through most of the episode. Oh my gosh, her acting is so bad when she's playing um, Wendy. Yes, uh, she's a terrible actress. Absolutely, um, <laughs> she's she's not in Fear dot com. By the way, Dean mentions that she's in Fear dot com, and she is not in Fear dot com. Fear dot com was an early. Uh, 2000s or late 90s horror movie about a website that people go to and then it kills them. Um, and it starred Brad Dorf, hot off the heels of Blade. I think I tried to watch that at a slumber party once. Couldn't make it through it. Yeah. I it, don't know. It's it's pretty bad. Uh, she's most notably uh, recently known for playing Denise, the wife in the movie Clown by Eli Roth about the, uh, the guy who gets the clown costume to, only to find out um, that the clowns are actually, uh, it's actually the skin of a demon that he's wearing. 
Huh. Have you that seen That sounds movie? very similar to a book that I narrated by Tim Miller. It's a Clown really, Knight. It's a really, really good movie. I thought the movie was excellent. As he is, as he wears the clown costume, he can't get it off, and it slowly starts transforming him as the demon starts taking possession of him. And the only way to satisfy it is eating five children. Ooh. And he gets through four of them. That sounds really fun. He gets through four of the children. I think it's five. I might have the number off, but he gets through most of the children, except for the last one ends up being his own son. And that's when obviously he starts wrestling control back over it because he's not going to eat his own son. She finds, the wife finds out the horrible history of where the clown actually comes from. And it's a demon called the clown, the clown. I'm going to need to check that out. It's based on a short film that uh, Eli Ross saw on uh, YouTube and immediately tracked down the filmmaker and wanted to make it into a movie. Yeah. So, um, anyway, um, our ghost in this episode is played by uh, Morgan Brayton, uh, who's been in kind of a character actress, uh, been in a lot of things, uh, all the way going all the way back to the original 21 Jump Street. Um, uh, I guess she's a very prominently well-known uh, lesbian American actress, uh, known for stuff like the L word. So, but she plays our resident ghost in the movie that Sam and Dean dig up, dig up and salt and sand. Basically, what we'll be talking about in this episode are Hollywood ghosts, Hollywood hauntings, haunted film sets, and we'll get right out of the way. We all know about Poltergeist, so we're not going to cover Poltergeist, because that's probably the most well-known. In fact, Sam and Dean mentioned Poltergeist in the episode. Um, they really do. And if you want to know more about Poltergeist, go look it up. There's so much information about Poltergeist, but we're not going to cover it, because most people who are listening to this have heard of the legend of Poltergeist. Um... There are so many deaths and stunts that have gone wrong. Sorry, deaths and injuries on Hollywood sets more than you could possibly imagine. Dating back to forever, when it used to actually be very, very dangerous to be an actor or an actress or even background. Correct. And that actually brings up a great little segment I like to call, What type of films has Mel Heflin been in and connected to the, the ghost in question? So, have you ever been in a ghost film, Mel Heflin? I'm sure I've played a ghost, like, a dozen times. <laughs> have you played a ghost, or have you been in a ghost film that you can remember, or is Pregnancy Brain taking over? Uh, pregnancy Brain is, is pretty hard right now. Is your baby just sucking on the uh, memory like thing through the umbilical cord connected to your brain is it kind of like i can't remember what i had for dinner like two hours ago (laughs) boy you know it's it's weird because between you and my other co-host mr zeneca who was basically pregnant you guys were pregnant almost at the same time with only like a uh, four month difference between the two of you um she said it was hormones brain that was taking over and constant uh um, hormonal thoughts were constantly popping into her head that were taking over her life, and you're saying that it's a complete memory loss. Uh, I I don't really have any hormones. Like, I thought I was, but it was really just people being complete dicks. <laughs> I thought that I was just being crazy, but people were really being that mean to me. I answered the other day, the door the other day, for a traveling meat salesman, and I, I come outside, and he just goes, Oh wow! I'm what about like, um, I don't fucking want any. What about uh, what about stunts gone wrong? Have you ever performed a stunt in a movie that went horribly wrong? Oh man, yes, that has definitely happened. 
I'm not going to name the movie set because, I, well, the movie's not out anyways. But it was all because there was an actress that I was working with. And we were blocking out this big choreographed fight scene between, like, six people. Like, it's this main, like, huge bad dude and all of us, you know, um, college kid actors were, like, jumping on him and he was just slamming bodies and they were blocking it out. So they block out where my body's going to go. And what's the normal thing to do as soon as you're blocked out, you put, like, tape down or whatever, and then you crawl out of the way and go sit somewhere safe so that, you know, and she just wasn't having it. She was screaming at me, and she was like, we're blocking this out. We don't have time for tape. You need to lay back down there. She was just freaking out. Wow. Sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> and the directors and producers are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And she's like, I have somewhere to be. And uh, so I was like, no, I'm freaking sick of being yelled at like let's just do it her way and sure enough um uh the the big dude no fault of his own we were supposed to be doing this for safety reasons i ended up having a leg slammed across my chest and a shoe into my throat jesus christ and i seizured and i coughed blood and then they were trying to take take me to the hospital, but I was on military insurance, and there was no mu- nearby military hospital. And I was just like, if I can get outside and smoke a cigarette, I'm fine. And then and then she started yelling at me more, saying, <laughs> you know, like, oh, I don't know, it was just a damn mess. Um, that kind of stuff always happens on indie films, though, uh-huh. where, you know, people just... They don't take the extra time. They, they're they not safe. Um, in some situations, if there's nudity involved and some sort of stunt, then, in, you know, I would much rather have, like, the set EMT on or safety professionals more so than, you know, like, sure, the set should be closed. I don't need additional eyes, but a safety person's a good idea. And there has been times where, there's been multiple girls doing nudity and they're like, no, I don't want safety people down. And it's like, well, there's like slick blood all over the floor. Like it's kind of a good idea because oh, if okay. an EMT doesn't see it happen. I was kind of curious. additional time. They have to assess you. As soon as you started saying that, and then of course there is the, the, when you started explaining what the nudity has said, I'm like, why does there need to be a safety person for nudity on set? I mean, I understand that, you know, <laughs> some of the boobies are like weapons of mass destruction, but... Uh, oh, yeah, my nipples uh, are just man-eating. Yeah, it's just, they just start opening up and just... Chew. But yeah, you're right, so <laughs> if there's like fake blood on set and you guys are completely naked, you can slip and right. crack your skull open. Right. Um, uh, like, you're not on a footwear. cement floor, blood on cement floor is just like, it's deadly. Yeah, if you're like in the middle of a sex scene and you're already on your back right. anyway and you need to get up, you could easily just slip and flip around and smash your nose in or something yeah i'm totally down with the emt watching the scene because if i do slip that's like an extra five minutes that they don't have to take to assess me that's you know um well one of the complaints that the writer has in this movie that summons the ghost uh which by the way this is uh how sam and dean deal with the ghost in question we always like to talk about how to get rid of ghosts how to get rid of the monster that sam and dean fight and sometimes it's there's no real answer for it and this is one of them um 
he uh, has a talisman that he uses to summon the ghosts, and then when the talisman's destroyed, the ghosts rip him apart and pretty much go away because they're not really that much. They're not really that benevolent of spirits. They wanted. Yeah, to they were alone. just mad at being controlled, right? Correct. And he makes a point that he that he wrote this script to be like real and authentic with like all this lore in it, and it was turned into this uh, you know teenage slasher film. Right. Um, one of the biggest, uh, and of course, there's a couple of people who die in this movie. Uh, sorry, in this episode, uh, because of the ghost. And uh, besides Poltergeist, uh, I'd also wanted to mention the crow. Brandon Lee, of course, was killed with a gun. Um, a fragment of a bullet uh, was left in a chamber when they didn't properly clean the gun and the crow. Um, Twilight Zone, the movie. Um, the helicopter pilot and two of the child actors were decapitated when the helicopter crashed and the rotor cut their heads off. John Landis, wow. the director um, and, and the producers, were brought to court uh, for invol- involuntary manslaughter and hiring illegal immigrants to be in his movie, but was proven to be um, not guilty on all charges when he had uh, there was no evidence that he was aware of any of this. Huh. Um, there's a death in the movie Jumper, uh, Top Gun, The Adventures of Milo and Otis, uh, probably the most famous of all time, is The Conqueror. Uh, it's a Genghis Khan Bioc film that was filmed um, in, a, uh, in and around a former U.S. military testing site of nuclear weapons, and 220 crew members died of cancer, um, including John Wayne. Wow. Now, by the way, this means they did not die right away on set like the ghost in this movie did. They died of cancer, a long, slow cancer. And this right. is why we lost one of the greatest Western actors of all time, John Wayne. Okay, so one of, I believe it was Alfred Hitchcock's films. The uh, Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. You might need to help me out here. <laughs> let, me just rec- let me just correct that, by the way. 220 crew members got cancer, only 46 died, John Wayne being one of them. Uh, so I believe it was one of Alfred Hitchcock's films where there was a ton of background extras and they needed like a tidal wave scene or something and just dozens and dozens of extras just died and they didn't get the shot they wanted so they had to recast all the background Wow! and I might have some of those details wrong I tried to look it up and I, I wasn't sure exactly what to look for Pregnancy brain is taking over, but yeah. yeah. Wow. I also didn't know that um, somebody died on the set of The Dark Knight during the 4x4 vehicle uh, stunt uh, where it flips over when Batman's chasing down the Joker. Yeah. A stuntman was in the uh, the back of it, uh, and he suffered fatal injuries when the car um, hit a tree going 20 miles an hour. Um, are you familiar with The Wizard of Oz and what happened on set of The Wizard of Oz? No, but I am familiar that there's a haunting of the Wizard of Oz. Well, one of the, uh, Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch, she, when they did the pyrotechnics where she burst into flames, yeah. um, things misfired, and she had to recover from, like, third-degree burns. Other incidents, such as uh, a, one of the flying monkeys fell. Oh, yeah, and I then didn't hear that. Okay. They're saying that the movie is cursed... The, um, the actors died tragic deaths. Clara Landick, Antiem, and Judy Garland both committed suicide. 
Oh, wow. Frank Morgan, the wizard, died of a heart attack in his sleep the day before filming Annie Gets Your Gun was to start. And then, what's most famous of all is the Munchkin Suicide Urban Legend. Oh, okay, so there's an urban hanging? legend. Yeah, the one he's hanging in the tree. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought and you can was... see it when they are walking on the yellow brick road. I heard that was disproved, though. Yeah, some people are saying that it's a bird. That race right up there with um, the three men and a baby and the ghost kid. It was in, right. It was in it was in an article in People's Magazine when that movie came out. I remember sitting in the doctor's office reading about it, um, and I I couldn't believe it. And they had the photos. Years later, when the when uh you know when when the internet became a bigger thing, they had proven that that was actually a picture of Ted Danson that was covered up. And that the studio hmm. knew about it the entire time, but they perpetuated the myth and the, the legend to help drive up VHS sales of the uh, the film because you wouldn't be able to see it in theaters, but when you rented it on VHS when it came out later on, you could pause frame your VCR to see it. Huh. And the studio knew all along there was no ghost. It was, Because I think it was Ted Danson. No, not Ted Danson. It was... Um, oh, I, I said Ted... Yeah, isn't wasn't Ted Danson in that movie from Cheers, right? Um, was he the Tin Man? And Three Men and a Baby? Oh, I don't know. Oh no, no, no. Oh gosh. Yeah, the actor <laughs> from Cheers. Know. The actor from Cheers, uh, who's in the movie, uh, his character is an actor, and uh, so he has like you know stills of himself around the apartment, and yeah. uh, he has a cardboard cutout of himself, and that's apparently what's what hiding actor behind doesn't. the curtain. <laughs> That it, that's what's sitting in the other room, looking in the window with the curtain drawn around it, and it looks like this kid who supposedly died on set. Spooky. They, but the studio, <laughs> no, it's not because the studio knew all along what it was, but they never commented to, to deny the rumors because they wanted to drive up the VHS sales and the rental you, sales of that movie. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I get creeped out by cardboard men staring at me. <laughs> Don't go into a comic book store or an FYE. They're all over the place. Oh, God, my nipples are so hard. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what one has to do with the other, unless Ted Danson makes your nipples hard. I'm so afraid. <laughs> um, do your nipples get hard when, you're, when you get afraid? Of course. Oh, Have that... you not been watching my movies? Oh. <laughs> Your movies are not exactly easy, uh, readily available <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> They're all on Amazon. I've seen some of the stuff that you put out, and I'm just like, I don't know where that is. <laughs> I have a whole list of where they're available on my fan page. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> some of the most uh, famous haunted uh, places in Hollywood include uh, Griffith Park, uh, the uh, Knickerbocker Hotel, and the Hollywood sign is supposedly haunted. Really? Actress Peg Entwistle jumped to her death from the top of the H. Hmm. And according to some tourists, they have been able to see a shadow jumping from the top of the H uh, sometimes. Neat. I didn't see anything when I was there, but I also wasn't paying too much attention. The um, uh, Knickerbocker Hotel is where a, uh, a famous uh, director, Rudolph Valentino, sorry, an actor, Rudolph Valentino died, um, as well as a director. 
and Harry Houdini would do seances on the roof of the Knickerbocker Hotel to try and contact these spirits. Should we talk about Amityville? It's not Hollywood, though. That's that's real life. That's that's like a real haunting. That's like a that that had nothing to do with the actual film, did it? Well, it was a haunted movie set. It was. Yeah. Thing. I don't ever believe the Amityville horror. There's so much evidence that it's all a bunch of bullshit. Well, I mean, there's there's also, three different Amityville houses. Really? Yes. That's ridiculous. How could there be three different Amityville horrors? Um, there's <laughs> one that was the house and the movie set. And then I believe there's two others that was just the movie set. But the original's in New York, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Um, the set, uh, I, I have a, some notes here. The set of the Amityville Horror was cursed before crew even started filming. Four weeks before the start of production, the body of a dead f- fisherman washed up on the set and forever cursed the crew. Uh. Ryan Reynolds, who played George Lutz in the remake, claimed to have been inexplicably awakened at 3.15 every morning, just like his character from the movie. This specific time is said to be when the actual Defoe killings occurred. The actor who played George Lutz from the original 1979 movie also claimed to be haunted by spirits. He was initially hesitant to play the character until he started reading a copy of Anson's novel at 2 in the morning. While flipping through the pages, he got this, uh, what he called, especially tense part of the book and had a pair of pants in his apartment that fell to the floor. From then on, he knew there was more to the story than he had originally thought. Yeah, I, I still think that the entire Amityville thing is just bullshit. <laughs> yeah, me too. I know that uh, on the set... Now, this is not a haunting so much, but it's still in the realm of the occult and supernatural. I know that the... Uh, what, what do you call it? The uh, I'm wearing oh, off on you. Uh, no. <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind... Um, had uh, supposedly uh, reports of weird lights in the sky uh, while filming. Um, the set of I heard the Twilight Zone was also uh, haunted. The TV first. series? Yeah. Or the movie? Or the, uh, maybe it was the movie. Um, one of the biggest ones uh, more recently is the uh, 2013, the first Conjuring movie. Uh, we have, of course, The Nun coming out in September, and then we have the third Conjuring movie coming out next year. Um, the Conjuring is based on the true story of the Perrin family. The actual Perrin family came to visit the set on the film one day, and their connection to the spirit world was clearly evident. When they arrived, a gust of wind encircled the family. Although they were being blown by the wind, the trees nearby were seemingly unaffected. A few days later, the hotel that the cast and crew stayed at mysteriously caught fire, and everyone had to be evacuated, but nobody was injured. In another incident, director James Wan was working on set late at night, and his dog started growling at nothing in the room. He My dogs to, do that all the time. <laughs> uh, that's the biggest indication that there's a presence in the room because the dog can sense it. If they're just of doing course. that, if they're doing that at nothing, they're not at the window, and they're just doing it at darkness. That is one. Yeah, it freaks me out every time because, like, they're both doing it at separate ends of the room, looking at the same random spot in the room. Uh, Vera Farminga came to set one day with claw marks across her thigh and she had no idea where they came from. Um, Joey King, another actress, also had mysterious unexplained bruising all over her body during the filming of the movie. 
Uh, Annabelle. According to director John R. Leoti, there were at least two separate paranormal events that took place on the set of Annabelle. He told The Hollywood Reporter the first was while they were prepping, and he went into the apartment while they were shooting in the transient window in the living room window, and it was the full moon, and there were three fingers drawn through the dust along the window, and our demon had three fingers and three talons. The markings were being backlit by the moon. Um... I heard that the that uh, three claw marks showed up throughout the Annabelle set. Yeah, that's... They saw it multiple times. Um, the Exorcism of Beverly Rose also had uh, paranormal activities happening on it. Um, uh, Behind the Candelabra, which was the 2013 Michael Douglas, Matt Damon movie about Liberace. Was that the magician... Liberace is the gay piano player. Oh, okay. Who always wore the white flamboyant outfits and stuff. I thought he was a magician the way he was dressed. <laughs> no. Uh, he was a 1970s piano player that was always being, um, always suspected of being a homosexual, but it wasn't like years later until it actually came out, and everyone's like, duh. <laughs> Are you going to go to the innkeepers? Um... I don't know anything about the movie The Innkeepers. I've seen it, like, once. I didn't really like it, but, uh... Honestly, it just seems like a lot of, like, supernatural uh, horror stories that are connected to uh, horror movies uh, kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. You have to kind of wonder how many of them are just stories drummed up to uh, help push the movie out. I wonder that a lot, too. Because they can't all be true, because every five minutes there's some new Supernatural movie coming out, and you're just like, oh, what happened on the set of that movie? Oh, wow. And right. there are people who believe it, because they're so diehard to believe in the paranormal, and you're just like, really? Find a new hobby. I, I can't really think of a time that anything Supernatural has happened to me on a film set. I mean, except for my stunning acting, of course. <laughs> we'll get back to that <laughs> um, apparently the Hollywood sign has quite uh, a number of horror happenings around it uh, of people really suicide well it's up on that hill so it's really easy to throw yourself off of it and kill yourself I when I was there it was just like really hot I could definitely see why people living in California might might consider a plunge of some type but jeez um, by the way, in the episode, did you happen to notice the, uh, it was kind of like either the Evil Dead or the Cabin in the Woods, um, film set? Yes. Now, I would say more the Evil Dead than the Cabin in the Woods because this episode, uh, took place on April of 2007. Cabin in the Woods did not get filmed until 2010, and then it was released in 2012. It definitely had a Cabin in the Woods feel. Correct. But uh, they, it was probably more connected to the Evil Dead with them reading the uh, ancient Enochian, you know, Enochian uh, incantations. I was, I was wondering about that actually. So, well, Dean, well, Sam's the one who says it's Enochian, and then the producer says, "Oh, you mean all that Latin crap?" So, by reading either Enochian or Latin, has it ever come up before in the Supernatural series that you can summon ghosts? this way and they were ghosts correct that he was summoning yeah um don't forget i thought it was just demons yeah in season one the uh the 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 the, 
the episode that we first meet the uh, the ghost facers. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, don't forget. I probably even brought this up before. Well, I don't think you were co-hosting when we did that episode uh, just yet. I think um, I think um, Cat was still co-host because she finished she had finished out season one with me. Um, but in that episode, they don't necessarily use ancient incantations to awaken something. It's a website, and so many people go to the website and start believing it. Uh, it's like horror fiends or horror hounds or something like that. Ghost fiends. Right. Yeah. Um, they start going to the website and then visiting where the supposed haunting's taking place, and they believe it so powerfully that that energy creates the, uh, the, to- the, the, the toka, the topa. I think it's called the topa. Um, it doesn't actually exist it, because as soon as they go on the Sam and Dean have the ghost races go on the website and write up a new legend and people start reading it, the topa disappears. Yeah. So they don't actually, but Sam sees a bunch of symbols or Dean sees a bunch of symbols written all over the house and he can't quite put his finger on it. And then he realizes it's the, uh, it's the symbol to the blue oyster cult, the band. Yeah. But I think there is another episode of Supernatural where that happens, that they just randomly read some crap and it, it summons something a la like the Evil Dead, where uh, Ash plays the recording and it summons the uh, um, ancient Sumerian you know, demons. Well, that's pretty much it for Hollywood Ghost. There's probably tons and tons and tons more lore out there about Hollywood Ghost, and you can look it up. Um, there's a couple of great books out there. Hollywood Ghost is one of them. Excellent book to check out to find out more information about some of the uh, hauntings of Hollywood. Uh, we will be back in uh, next month as we are going to be covering uh, prison ghosts and hauntings at prisons on the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast. Don't forget you can join us on our group, Supernatural Creatures and Lore. If you do join, make sure you make a post, comment on something, talk about the podcast. You can talk also to find- us. Yes. Or you can find us bite. on Twitter at SPN Creatures and Lore. Um, and don't forget, there is also a Patreon which you can donate to on the Radio Horror Network. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mel Heflin. And we'll be back next month again with Folsom Prison Blues.